hello everyone. Thank you for joining us. بكم جميعا شكرا لمشاركتنا هذا اليوم في المؤتمر الخاص. Revisiting the Arab Spring um, and um, you know after 10 years of the Arab Spring we're going to be looking at um, the status of uh, the street vendors um, in Tunisia. Um, this is uh, a conference uh, organized by the Islam Liberty Network and it's um, sponsored by the Atlas Network um, and also FNF for Freedom uh, in Tunisia. I would like to just mention that there is, uh, I'm going to be uh, switching to Arabic now. And for those who wish to um, listen to this um, in English, there is um, you know, uh, a possibility for that. So just uh, switch uh, for the French um, channel, which is actually the Arabic channel. Thank you. Okay, so. Welcome everybody this afternoon uh, webinar which is organized by uh, Liberty and Islam Network and also it is uh, sponsored by Atlas Network and also uh, FNF uh, uh, Network or, or organization uh, for liberty in uh, Tunis officers, uh, where we've made it now uh, uh, to get ready for uh, the programming of uh, this webinar, and also, as you know, organized. Uh, 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 was programmed or scheduled to be in person, but due to the COVID-19 outbreak and due to the pandemic, so we are meeting virtually and thus I would like to welcome all the guests and also I would like to introduce to you the subject or the topic of this webinar which is a revisiting the Arab Spring after a decade of the Tunisian Revolution and also we have a case study for Abu Aziziz and also the colleagues of Mohammed Bouazizi uh, uh, we will uh, find out and try to tackle what is the situation of the street vendors in the post-revolution era and uh, would like uh, uh, to welcome Mr. Ali Salman, who is uh, the, the executive director of uh, Liberty and Islam Network, and also uh, Mr. Munda Yusfei, uh, he is a researcher and he has a crucial role in uh, this project. Uh, and also, uh, he will have a presentation about uh, uh, this case study uh, that we prepared four months ago. Uh, also, uh, we uh, visited uh, or we had field visits uh, to many of the areas in uh, Tunis and uh, Grand. Dennis, and also would like to welcome Ms. Amel Mazik from CAFSA Governorate, and also Mrs. Widat Fanduli from Sidi Bouzid Governorate, which is the governorate of the province where Mohammed Bouazizi had left. And also during uh, the previous months, uh, we've met many of the activists there, and also we'll try uh, to hear from uh, uh, Mrs. Widat and Ms. Amel also uh, their interventions. And now uh, we'll give the floor uh, to Mr. Ali Salman for uh, his welcoming speech. So, Mr. Ali, you have the floor. Uh, thank you, Disney, for the introduction. And, uh, uh, and all, thank you to all the friends for uh, participating in our 
webinar today. Um, as uh, Dasneem uh, in, already talked about uh, the background of uh, the project, I am just going to focus actually more on the introduction of the organization, Islamic Liberty Network, and uh, the context of uh, uh, this organization as well as uh, today's event. Uh, so it was uh, uh, almost after one year of the Arab Spring and back in 2011 when um, uh, Islam and Liberty Network uh, was founded in the city of Istanbul. Um, then it was called actually Istanbul Network. Um, and the main inspiration of uh, founding of the network, uh, I was one of the 55 uh, members from different think tanks, um, universities and, and research associations uh, from Muslim countries, um, as well as from other countries in the West. Uh, the main inspiration was uh, to explore and promote the ideas and policies for um, freedom and liberty in the context of Islamic tradition, in the context of Islamic history, and in the context of Islamic knowledge. Um, many times uh, we believe uh, or we perceive that uh, these ideas or these institutions such as uh, free market, uh, religious pluralism, democracy, liberal democracy, uh, come from a very uh, sort of narrow understanding of, uh, of the Western society. And whereas we believe that um, this is a part of a universal heritage uh, in which the Islamic civilization has also contributed. And therefore, we um, uh, wanted to start this organization to uh, promote the debates uh, within Muslim majority countries, uh, looking at their specific context. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, then this network was formed um, and it has continued. Uh, we have organized uh, seven conferences, international conferences in last uh, 10 years. We have uh, organized uh, many uh, seminars, uh, workshops, uh, published books and articles, uh, podcasts and uh, videos, which are all available on our website. Uh, the idea, of course, is to uh, promote the understanding of um, uh, the, uh, these policies. Now, uh, what is, I think, important in the context of um, Tunisia, perhaps, uh, of course, I'm not from Tunisia, so I'll uh, say a very little about, about the Tunisian context, but uh, as also recent uh, events are unfolding, it is important to look back at uh, the problems uh, which uh, poor people in countries like Tunisia, uh, Bouazizi, uh, being an example, being a symbol, uh, faced in the hands of a very oppressive state uh, and a corrupt state, uh, which was not um, giving the economic rights essentially to those, those people who wanted to participate in the economic activity uh, through hard work, um, and, and, and in many cases, state was denying their rights uh, to participate in the economic life. Um, and, uh, you know, we believe that um, while it is important uh, to uh, exercise political rights, it is as important to exercise the economic rights and religious rights as well. And, and in, indeed, uh, we are of the opinion that uh, if we can ensure these rights um, and the state can guarantee these rights in these societies, then this is um, 
this is how we can actually uh, you know, create more prosperous societies um, within, within our cultures. And, and, and these are the kind of activities which we have carried on. Uh, this project and the studies is one of them which Professor Mondar has, has uh, very ably led. I'm going to present uh, the findings today. Um, uh, and, and so I'm looking forward to this discussion. I'm looking forward to how discussion relates to Tunisia today. Um, and uh, hopefully the research um, which is going to be shared today um, will uh, bring some insights into the economic aspects um, of the challenges uh, which uh, particularly Tunisian society has faced. But these challenges are also common um, elsewhere in many other Muslim countries. Um, uh, and so there will be some examples and um, some policy lessons to be learned, hopefully, which can be shared widely. Uh, back to you, Tasneem. Thank you very much, Dr. Ali Salman, for your intervention. And as Sayyid Ali Salman, and Islam Network is uh, focusing on academic, uh, political, uh, social, and uh, economic uh, uh, studies. Uh, and now I will give the floor to Mr. Mondar Yusri, who will uh, give us uh, what are the insights of uh, his research, which uh, he named it. Um, a story of two hands or two hands a story this is the title of uh, uh, the search of mr mother yusfi uh, to tackle the situation of uh, the street vendors uh, since december 2010 uh, to the present uh, situation so now uh, you have the floor mr mother welcome everybody no, thank you for uh, your invitation. Thank you for the good organization. So today uh, we would like uh, uh, to uh, uh, find out uh, about uh, the topic of uh, immunity, which is not highlighted in the society. And also uh, they are not speaking about them. They just speak about them during the electoral campaigns, for example. But now we have to shed light uh, to shed light on uh, uh, those people because uh, they uh, see it as criminals uh, that uh, they have uh, to take care from them and also uh, uh, um, uh, uh, and also uh, some will see them uh, like beggars or like uh, uh, or will sympathize with uh, sympathize with them. However, we have a third dimension to see this community. Yes, so, uh, to study this community and to have a research. Uh, and, uh, when the authorities when the authorities uh, uh, will deal with those people as they are numbers uh, and uh, they do not require uh, rights or something like that so we have to let the government know that, that they have to deal with this community as human beings that they have rights and also they have a language to talk with and also uh, so, and also, uh, 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 we are not incriminating them of what they are doing, and also we are not uh, uh, saying that they are innocent, uh, and uh, uh, so uh, we do not make uh, uh, 
those ways or both ways. So we have a third way in order uh, uh, to study the situation uh, being neutral. And uh, this is the uh, first objective, and this is the uh, first goal. So uh, this community of street vendors since 2010 till now uh, were victims of uh, media marginalization or media neglect. And also, uh, and also uh, uh, when uh, they are uh, when uh, uh, when they took part in the series, the TV series or films, uh, they took part in the comedy scenes uh, in order to make fun of them, for example. Uh, uh, so uh, here today, uh, we need to say that uh, they have to be a matter of interest and they have requirements and they have demands so that they uh, will get rid of their bad situation in order to look for a better situation and also to uh, uh, to deal with them with an objectivity not with a subjectivity because uh, uh, we should be always not biased we should always not biased and also to be neutral and uh, let's say uh, that uh, that if uh, so uh, in uh, this uh, in uh, the article in uh, uh, the article that uh, we will uh, see uh, this article is as a response uh, to what is said about uh, this uh, community or uh, the social community and also we should not uh, see this community from uh, uh, from a social or an economic dimension, but we have to see it also from a psychological dimension because they are marginalized. Uh, they are not a matter of interest for uh, the central or the local authorities. And uh, uh, so that when they rise, they are trying to revenge for their dignity. And they think that this is the only way that they have is to revenge against the authorities. And this is like a reaction or reaction to the bad policies of uh, the government. And uh, this community uh, now is, uh, so uh, uh, when they rise or when they rose, sorry, they rose because of uh, uh, neglect and marginalization and also the policies which are, uh, uh, which are uh, uh, practiced against them. And also, uh, uh, first of all, uh, uh, they are victims of uh, uh, the coastline development, the coastline development boosted by the government. Uh, this means uh, that the government, uh, they are trying to make uh, the coastline uh, the most rich, uh, the most rich uh, uh, geographical area and also to marginalize uh, the uh, Unturn, uh, the unturned areas uh, and uh, uh, those areas that we had visited and we found many deficiencies in uh, the economic uh, approach there. This is not because of a lack of knowledge or lack of anything else, but this is lack of uh, uh, structure structuralization or structuring or lack of structures, let's say, uh, it is like a heritage from a government to another. Uh, uh, so uh, when I visited uh, 
so when they visit uh, the uh, uh, coastal uh, governor rights, uh, they will be working in the constructions or many or in uh, uh, in uh, many other uh, jobs. However, if uh, they stay jobless, uh, so where they have to uh, uh, be compelled. To, uh, uh, to work as a street vendors and also uh, I met many of those street vendors and I will show you now a presentation a present about uh, those street vendors uh, that I have met. So uh, just a moment, please. So, so do you see my screen now? Okay. Can you see my screen? But you cannot, I cannot uh, uh, zoom in. I think you cannot use full screen, uh, full screen criteria. Or... So uh, this image that we want uh, to speak about it, uh, these are uh, uh, street vendors and I choose and I selected this image for uh, three reasons. First of all, uh, uh, the street vendors, uh, they do not have a static area or a static uh, uh, place in uh, where uh, they are working. So uh, they are uh, they are street vendors and they are mobile, you know, so uh, they do not uh, be, uh, they are not always fixed in one place. So, uh, 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 here uh, it makes it difficult uh, to uh, the authorities uh, uh, to deal with them or uh, which create many many problems with authorities uh, because of the street vendors uh, they are not always within the same municipal area for example so uh, they are from a market to another from a city to another and they move uh, uh, with uh, uh, their uh, goods uh, from a municipal area to another municipal area and uh, they are trying to find out or uh, to look for uh, new clients and uh, uh, so uh, they are not strange, they are not strange, but they are making solid relationships, solid social relationships. So uh, they meet every day new people, uh, new clients, and they are struggling on, they are struggling in their everyday life. And uh, some of them, uh, they are selling some accessories or uh, and or some uh, secondary uh, goods uh, so they are not selling sorry they are not selling accessories or they are not selling luxury accessories or luxury goods so they are selling just uh, the primary uh, uh, materials uh, uh, which are necessary for the daily food or the daily dress and uh, this will lead uh, to uh, two things. Uh, first of all, uh, they are selling the goods in a cheaper prices uh, than the other stores uh, because they do not pay the taxes, for example, or they are not also pay uh, the municipal taxes. Uh, so here they are targeting uh, specific clients, uh, those specific clients, uh, they are the poor community uh, who are not, uh, who cannot afford 
to buy from uh, the large stores or the big stores uh, of uh, uh, the famous or the renowned trademarks. Uh, 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 so here uh, uh, they are uh, looking for uh, this community of clients uh, and uh, 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 this uh, make them uh, as necessary in uh, the uh, social uh, ladder or social classification or social class. Uh, 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 so they sell goods to people from the same social class as uh, them. Now, when we speak about uh, street vendors, uh, we have to look back to uh, this photo or this image. So uh, uh, this person is chosen as the most important citizen in the 21st century uh, because uh, he committed an act in a specific time in a specific area which led uh, uh, to uh, uh, the rise of many political demonstrations and uh, uh, so uh, uh, and he contributed to the change of the world also uh, and also uh, which uh, uh, which made a shift from uh, the area or the era of submission to the era of revolutions. And he was a street vendor. And uh, uh, today we will speak more about Bezizi. Uh, uh, We'll speak about the boy Zizi as uh, uh, he is uh, uh, an example for uh, what the street vendors uh, do and also the life of uh, the uh, uh, street uh, uh, vendors uh, because uh, they have three common features. So uh, first of all, is the uh, uh, geographical area. So he is uh, from a, a poor city in a poor geographic area and also is selling also uh, 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 is uh, uh, selling food and he is selling also uh, uh, agricultural uh, products like uh, the others uh, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, they have they have uh, uh, three solutions. First of all, it is the illegal immigration to go abroad. The second option that they have is to uh, to displace to uh, the coastal line governments or cities. And also uh, the third uh, the third option is to work in their. Uh, town or village or city and also to work as a street vendor uh, uh, and uh, here we have uh, uh, to uh, uh, to say to you uh, that uh, I'm not assessing uh, the ethical uh, uh, dimension or anything else so uh, I, I would like to say to say just uh, this these people are forced they are coerced, they are compelled to be street vendors. Otherwise, uh, they will be, uh, they will be either, uh, 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 they will be either immigrating in an illegal way uh, to another country or to be 
displaced to the coast uh, line region. And here the authorities uh, will see that those three vendors as uh, they are contaminating the landscape, you know, as, uh, so, uh, as if uh, we had been in uh, a very wonderful landscape without them. So this is not real, you know, but, uh, uh, but uh, uh, their existence, just uh, their existence without committing any act, uh, either verbal act or physical act. Uh, uh, so uh, they are seen as a contamination of uh, the general landscape of the city by the authorities. Uh, and uh, I think that this is, um, so uh, this is not the, the, real, the real image of them, of course, but from a symbolic, point of view, I can say uh, uh, that uh, uh, the photo or the image that you can see of uh, the municipal officer and uh, Bouazizi, uh, we can make an interpretation of uh, uh, the image. You say Bouazizi is uh, moving his eyes to the right side uh, in order to explode and also to find out what is around him. And, uh, uh, and also, uh, so they have families and also they have friends uh, and which, or who make them strong against uh, uh, the authorities or uh, the municipal officers. And also uh, uh, so, uh, from the image here, we can see that was is saying that I have family and I have friends and I have a community to defend me and also to overcome all your powers as uh, municipal officers. So uh, let's move now uh, to uh, the reasons uh, which led us uh, to uh, this situation. Uh, now I've got, uh, uh, I made it now to uh, uh, make the presentation in a full screen, in a full screen. So uh, those who did not know uh, the Tunisian map before, I would like to say that there is a discrepancy here between all the regions and there is a difference. So, uh, uh, so here, all the investment are in the gray area or uh, the dark blue areas. However, the lighter blue area are not of, uh, 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 so uh, they are not attracting investments uh, and also uh, uh, they are alleging that uh, there is no uh, uh, good infrastructure there and uh, uh, there, there is no sufficient labor hand or qualified labor hand, let's say, in uh, uh, the uh, lighter blue areas and uh, so that all uh, the investors are always looking for uh, the coastal line areas uh, and also the gray and the dark blue areas uh, there. And the state uh, since uh, uh, 20, uh, uh, since 50 years, sorry, or 70 years ago, uh, did not, did not, uh, uh, did not fix or uh, did not provide the uh, success requirements. Uh, 
for the light blue areas. Here, the, uh, uh, the solution here is the uh, uh, illegal economy or the marginalized economy. And as you can see from uh, the light blue areas, uh, most of the light blue areas are in the borderline. Uh, the border lines are they are in the frontiers of uh, the other countries, and also uh, there are many smuggling of goods through uh, these borders. And those smugglers, they are uh, uh, the providers, or they are uh, the wholesalers for the. Uh, uh, for uh, the uh, street vendors. Uh, 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 a project uh, and this project uh, will be rented by someone else outside the country even and after that uh, they will get the benefits from him. And also there is a developmental discrepancy and difference uh, at the level of uh, the uh, whole country and also at the social level from the working class to the higher class. So uh, uh, there is a discrepancy in the development as we have seen also in the map, so uh, which lead uh, uh, them uh, uh, to uh, look for solutions and also the security fist or firmness uh, which uh, make them restricted not to do uh, something or not to go uh, to a, a specific place. Uh, so here uh, the, uh, uh, the street vendors in general uh, uh, the street vendors uh, in general uh, uh, sometimes uh, have good relationships with uh, the police when they pay bribery for the policemen or also the municipal officers when they pay bribery to the municipal officers and to the police and to the law enforcement units, they will establish a good uh, relationship uh, with uh, the street vendors. So street vendors uh, will have a good relationship with the police and with the uh, law enforcement units by paying bribes, you know. And uh, so uh, when uh, they are pushed by uh, rent-seeking economy, developmental discrepancy and of security firmness, uh, so uh, they are uh, uh, forced by the uh, uh, the law on the ground or the law on the real ground uh, uh, and uh, they have the last solution to be street vendors uh, and uh, there is always a clash uh, between uh, uh, the uh, law enforcement units and the uh, uh, street vendors and here in the third point i would like uh, 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 to shed light on the uh, general situation of the street vendors in Tunisia after the revolution as they try to make a shift, you know, uh, let's say since the revolution, I did not want to say after the revolution, so 
uh, here because uh, the uh, street vendors or the situation of the street vendors did not change uh, to a better situation, but uh, they are not now uh, they are not now the target of the policemen directly, you know, as before the revolution, but they're still suffering from marginalization, they're still suffering from the poverty, they're still suffering also from uh, bad living conditions and even worse still because their living condition has been deteriorating uh, since the revolution due to the uh, deterioration of the economy and also of the social hierarchy and which uh, created or which uh, had a uh, uh, large impact uh, large impact on uh, uh, the uh, street vendor and also uh, they do not have a salary for example or an income or a social security uh, for them uh, so they still uh, generalized and out of uh, the uh, legal system. And uh, when we start uh, uh, the uh, story of the revolution, uh, we said that uh, the revolution started uh, with a symbolic. We said meeting. that it started with a symbolic start institution between the uh, the institution, the authority, the government through which we speak about the fist, security fist, and those precarious street funders. So the hope was, since there is, or the first person who started these actions was from this category or from this these vendors, uh, speaking about them as a, as a group of people, so they expected that they are going to, to benefit from this, that their voices are going to be heard, after having been marginalized all the time but however what happened was exactly the opposite they are threatened they are uh, they are uh, being accused to be one of the reasons why things went backwards economically and so on and so forth from another side they are accused by the citizens or some citizens that we did not have we would not have had the change if this category represented by the vendor who burnt himself. So this, uh, when we speak about Bazizi, for example, is the personality, is a controversial, is a controversial uh, personality. Some uh, consider him as a symbol of freedom, of activism, and others think that he is a curse because he is the, the spark that lit the, uh, uh, the, uh, the change. These uh, contradictions in opinion led to this frustration. This frustration led to a, to a reverse equation because the transit transition people period or the or what we call the, the transitory phase led to, uh, to, to political problems. So now the focus is on political problems and political disputes, whereas it should have been directed towards economic problems. What is the benefit from a, of, from, a from a revolution to a simple citizen if it did not give them their own 
problems, did not resolve their own problems, did not give them their own prosperity. It is given, it has given voices to the to politicians. Um, it, but at the same time, when you see and think about the elections in all its sorts, political uh, uh, elections, parliamentary, uh, through, we have a question. Yes, yes, they do that for two reasons. Because the legal authority, I'm sorry, I have not seen the question before, so my, my answer is a bit late. First, they still are the vendors, the street vendors, they are still outside the law. We still do not have a legislative framework to, to regulate and give them their rights and freedoms and gives them shows them their duties towards the fiscal authorities. So the second thing is that that the security forces of the security of authorities, I'm gonna say it nicely, not all our police officers, dignified police officers are uh, uh, not all their hands are clean we do have we still do have the uh, uh, corruption police corruption they call for bribe they ask for bribes they ask for uh, for other sorts of corruption it is it is something that is not exceptional to us and since these two factors are there we this leads to the fact that this uh, phenomena is still ongoing it does not stop we go back to the uh, to the discussion or the duality between politics and economy. I'm going to go back to the questions after the presentation and then let's carry on. Economy and politics, what we mean by that is the following. We have not seen in the first decade a real treatment to the economic problems. We have not seen speech or we have not seen a discussion about development, about the economy. We only heard the politicians discussion, discussing about their own political disputes. They speak about the municipal councils, the elections, the type of system or the type of, uh, or the constitution. All We've seen only, only that. We've seen uh, the, the discussions on what is the social model, the economic, the political model that we want to to uh, to endorse, and this was on both official and non-official spaces. Uh, I mean, the uh, polit the official by uh, uh, official media outlets, between uh, by the institutions, official institutions, and unofficial by the people, by the lady, by the people, the citizens themselves. We have seen this uh, dialogue, uh, this uh, futile dialogue, because if we call it like that, because it still did not bring about, uh, or it is, it was uh, on account, or it replaced or showed against the uh, economic demands of the citizens. The problem of the people is that they don't have uh, things to eat. They are hungry it's not their, their problem is not the political regime or what is the political system that's going to be installed so we should have been fighting 
for them, fighting the problem of poverty, of, uh, of, uh, of marginalization. So this all in all led to the, to the further marginalization of these precarious workers and street vendors. We move to the following slide. This is a space, uh, a scene, a landscape, a beautiful landscape. We've seen nature, we see nature, we see the beauty of nature. We see things that are not natural. Theoret theoretically, this is a, a, municipality, a municipality market. A municipality market that the where the, the street vendors they come in they give their they sell their goods and then they leave they leave why did i choose this image to show you is because it shows the chaos this is exactly the situation of the people of this category of vendors in tunisia they are still outside the law they're still outside the regulation they are still outside the the economic chain and this leads to complete paralysis and of 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 the, of what their of their activity they are here present in the picture not not themselves but their deed same thing they are not, they are present but they they are not present themselves in the scene they have not seen the fruit of this uh, of the revolution and this is what happens in reality but we speak about it but we do not speak for it we do not speak we do not conduct a real study to uh, resolve their issues in our study for example we've we've gone to them and we've spoken with them and most of them said that they do not deal with the authorities and that the, the local or regional or central authority comes to them, visits them, listens to them, and then they go. They do not do anything. They, they listen to the demands, but they never do anything. They never act upon them. We've seen that. We've heard that in one of our visits to, uh, to a village called Khmuda. And they said to us that their lo the local authority does not even know them. One of them, it was a lady, and she said she went to the authority like 10 times, but no one answered her. This emptiness or this void, I wanted to show it in this uh, image. You see the impact of this activity, but you don't see them. This void leads us to the fact that they have become a security threat because I don't deal with them of as a as a uh, as an economic problem. I should deal with them as a uh, a threat to social peace. We don't find dialogue that is led by economists or social experts or human rights activists. No, we find discussion or dialogue with them go or the only contact goes exclusively through the security fist so the uh, authority the authority challenge was the the political stability and sin and of course because they were and they still are living a, a living activist activism for the protection or for the changes 
but the demands of this are still the same. They only protect themselves against any further revolutions or any further street demands. This leads us to that to, to the deduction to the to the conclusion that their approach is the security approach is comes from their fear of the um, the power of people who go to the streets for demonstrations and uh, the, their demands are still there since 2010 but not just 2010 but i say from 1956 here is the caricature it shows the psychological situation of the uh, uh the uh, of what's going on these people they have three choices one is irregular immigration work second work in construction or as a street vendor and the third option is extremism which led all these people to despair these people do not see a future for themselves because their economic activity is is vulnerable is precarious that is why it's not it is not guaranteed they do not have social security it's unstable because they're always under the the mercy of the uh, security fist under the mercy of municipal uh, municipal police and they are facing a, 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 an unknown future which leads them to despair from the very various opportunities that i had to speak with them they see uh, the final solution for them or the alternative the only alternative for them uh, is uh, immigration Ill, irregular or illegal immigration so the situation is a uh, is a, a, a psychological resistance not just economic it is uh, a romanticist would say uh, we want to find meaning in this chaos in other words it is making up a parallel meaning to uh, to the official story or the official narrative of the government of the system uh, that the, the official narrative of the state or the government is that we are a government of uh, a country of freedom uh, of rights but socially and economic the social and economic situation or the people or the citizens are paying the bill of this despair their own hope is eradicated they want to create a life i'm not here saying uh, glorifying what they're doing i'm not encouraging anyone if they had i i support the the creation of of alternatives for them but if if the government or the state did not they turn their back or they turn their back on me so i have the right or i am going to go to to this street vending job in this context the context of uh, social uh, uh, problems it gives us the following what we see here is a syndicalistic demonstration it says that we've it shows that we failed in 2018 we failed to find our own grocery bags meaning that we did not 
we can we're unable to fill our grocery bags we're unable to find to put food on the food on the table since the grocery bag is empty it's it, our purchase power is down so the people did not could not put food on their table and this shows us that we failed in 2018 that the, that the economic uh, policies have failed first uh, the number of these workers or street vendors has risen second as we said before that they are uh, that they, these politicians or this the elite is uh, the least touched by these prices this leads us to speak about the following i am fully aware that the economic economy is going through a crisis since uh, or difficulty since 2010 to 2018 this is not a an exception in tunisia but it is it's not only and it is not only as a result of uh, what's going on but i wanted to speak about a specific thing which is this one the benefit on the debt it is the number or the number of uh, uh, of of debt benefit that the government is sending is spending or giving to the to uh, to the to the donor or the bank that lent them the money it went it it doubled more than twice and this is a threat and since 2010 to today it is in one decade it more it, it doubled more than twice the situation in the tunisian families are uh, are debt are in debt of over 60 percent of their salary of their income and this means that their purchase power is going down and that the prices are going up and that this is going to be a, a commercial framework that is suitable for the street vendors because they don't don't pay taxes uh, which means that they're going to be an alternative solution to this uh, deteriorated purchase power but this does not uh, fill into the uh, fall into the the wheel of the economy and uh, it is as, as we said a parallel economy and it and then it goes back to their suppliers their suppliers they do not they are the one who, ones who benefit most from uh, from this uh, from this economy or from this precarious economy and but these vendors are, are their situation is still not not so good the last part of our research research is the general frameworks of the street vendor in tunisia the methodology of the research we we chose the regions in our visits uh, in uh, in terms of the border marginalization mine and then of course we speak about the geo geographical space we see we speak about this line between city Bouzid, Gasserine, and gafsa this region or this district is is uh, suffering from social marginalization and I remember very well that the word that was mentioned over and over in a resounding way is the marginalization the word marginalization whether it's local regional or central so the street vendor is a victim of marginalization and is a means of uh, of resistance against this marginalization because he or she chooses or is obliged to choose and i hope you notice the nuance he is obliged to choose 
a framework or a, a, a parallel econom economic field because it's the, the, the he or she does not have any other solutions. These three regions, they have in common one thing which is very respectful uh, natural resources, but since there was uh, the failure of the administrative policy and the economic or political policy, it is these areas, be, uh, even though they have resource, natural resources, their experience is uh, is an experience of resistance to the center, to the central authority. We have uh, this makes makes us uh, deal with the situation not from a central from a central position, horizontal position, but we had to listen to uh, to activists, um, civil society activists there from. Uh, so that our conclusions come from the people themselves. And what we've mentioned, either they are conclusions uh, uh, direct or we've taken through the context of our visits. Our uh, discussion sessions or focus groups were with, uh, we tried to, were on uh, the interests of these areas of their and their issues and their and then the issues of uh, the street vendors in those areas because they are a social category that we cannot we cannot speak about their own their interests and their issues without speaking to them and to what is surrounding them and the outcomes of uh, what we've uh, looked into are we speak about first the uh, the weakness of, uh, of economics uh, development. So it is a, a creation of a, of, uh, of, of a means of suffocation to the, to the value of, uh, to, to the value of this economic activity. It is, a, there is success, economic success, but it's to the suppliers, not to the vendors. It is a it is a, uh, an economic map that shows uh, shows the uh, the economic discrepancy between the different districts of Tunisia. Second, the uh, deterioration or the rising the rise of poverty lines. The rise of poverty lines is because poverty is wider and deeper meaning that the poverty rate or the poverty percentage is higher than the previous percentages or the previous numbers which was which is mentioned in the statistics but also because it's uh, it, it is larger in variety the employee in tunisia is still is not enjoying the same living standards since 10 years ago or more than 10 years we could say that some employees public employees or, or private employees are living in, in poverty, meaning that they are suffering. They're not able to, uh, to put food on the table to, uh, to overcome and juggle all economic expenses. Let's, uh, let alone the people who do not have a job. These are the employees we're talking about. Uh, they at least how they have social security but if you speak about the social vendor the the, the street vendors they uh, they are in a worse situation so what we what we're saying is that the that the poverty is deeper and has a larger variety and on the contrary 
contrary to what, what is expected, even though the demands of the revolution of the streets were were economic, and we still we did not see any uh, development in the uh, in the unemployment rate, and it, particularly in these areas, and and this goes back to the to the same reasons we've mentioned before, uh, to, before especially. Uh, especially that the elite is focusing on the political disputes rather than uh, rather than the economy. We've spoken about the education and uh, the professional training. They say that the uh, lack of uh, professional education or professional training is failing to bring about or to have to qualify people to get jobs, to find a decent job, whether in the public or the private sector. And this leads us to leads pushes them to uh, to work in the parallel economy, and statistically we can say that the that the education system is uh, uh, the quality of education is available at some in some areas, but not in all the areas. Not all areas enjoy good quality education. The situation has changed since 2010 and 2018. In the Ministry of Education, it says that the people drop, the student drop out since 2018. Uh, between 2010 2018, uh, the number of school dropouts is 1 million. 1 million pupils dropped out of school. It is a very, it is a scary number. It is roughly 120,000 every year in a decade. So it's over a million. This is very, uh, it is very logical that we could say that a large number of these dropouts, they, they go to smuggling, they go to extremism, or they go to street vending. We've spoken over and over on the, about the idea of the regional development plan that these people are victims in these areas. They are victims. If this model, if economic model or development model was fair and, and there was social justice in it, we would have seen better numbers. We cannot read this outside of the, uh, of the political scene and the economic scene. We've spoken about so political chaos political chaos that the legislative problems and legal problems led to one uh, focusing on the polit politics rather than economy also on to to the people uh, to the people do not are no longer interested in politics they are looking for uh, for a uh, for a way out and these as we said earlier they do not have they do not enjoy uh, an equal opportunity in employment or in prerogatives or in social security or in the future or in hope so they are going to be victims in this system in this chaos especially that uh, that the, the, the rule of law according to the rule of law they still in in this rule of law they still have uh, a deep emptiness legislative emptiness that their sector is not regulated they do not have uh, have any outlets or ways out now we speak about the uh, legal and administrative weight we've seen this uh, over 
over and over in our dialogues and discussions, it is said that these areas, that the uh, legal and procedural uh, complications are are very paramount, meaning that the text, legal texts are, are very ambiguous. They do not provide solutions and this leads, and this is what we call bureaucracy. So they uh, every every administration says that this is not my prerogative this is not my job if you want to go if you want to get something done or you want to get a license for example to work they would say uh, every administration would not uh, claim responsibility and every administration you go to they say that it's the other administration and many people we've spoken with they they say that they have been they have met the people in office and they say that it's not their job, it's not their prerogative, they're not supposed to do that, they're not supposed to do this. And at the same time, between all these lines and ambiguous texts, they have a problem, uh, they could not do anything. We uh, now, uh, we could not reproduce or bring a, uh, a, an approach to uh, fight uh, corruption, which leads to uh, to the further corruption of uh, uh, of the corrupt because uh, they it because they are uh, they find a suitable ground or su suitable uh, legal gap that allows them to to practice their corruption which worsens worsens the situation of the uh, of the uh, of the citizens because the local authority does not enjoy its own uh, does not enjoy its own uh, uh, its own resources. This also leads to, uh, or another point is that the to the uh, the annihilation of the annihilation of the individual approaches locally, because the uh, individual approaches at the local level they are not met with good uh, with good regulation, or this central model does not allow any individual approaches or individual attempts to come out of this as far as uh, the searchers uh, we have to orient our searches it has to go through a, uh, a field field uh, uh, search it does not go through uh, through hotel rooms or meeting rooms or or, or television without speaking directly to the people without visiting them and uh, seeing firsthand how they live how they're uh, how they are suffering because because the research that does not start from the ground up it does not it does not lead to any area it does not lead to any result and it does not show or represent the real situation and also it has to focus on six sides political uh, economic psychological, political, and uh, symbolical, and psychological. The responsibilities, the people in office, uh, they have to use their, to, 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 to assume their responsibility, and we have to work with the people in office. We've, we've been told in our meetings that there is no attempt, there is no, uh, no plan or strategy to find the solution for this. That is why there for the, for the uh, people in office, they have to have participatory effective planning because it's going to have a, uh, an impact on the social te texture without 
being without it being participatory is not going to go anywhere for the activists the recommendation is that their activism should be uh, locally uh, should be local and should be coordinated uh, the activism is uh, uh, we're not speaking about uh, the activism uh, uh, under AC uh, in rooms that are very equipped. We're speaking about field work and activism that has to go through local and coordinated work. They cannot say, for example, that that the street vendors should have uh, soft skills, for example. These people cannot find dinner. How can you ask them to sit in a sit in a in a training room and learn soft skills, or marketing, or skills on how to negotiate? So uh, there is a problem of priorities here. For the street vendors themselves, recommend or one of the recommendations is that. Uh, is the uh, is that the the representation and study it has to be uh, in under a frame of representation it has to be organized under a framework of uh, representation and study this field can uh, can have uh, uh, every uh, it can it can be uh, organized under one framework that every line needs to be in one sector uh, every sector needs to be uh, together locally and uh, it should be represented locally and regionally and uh, centrally the problem is not dealt with only at the central level but it is mostly has it mostly has to be uh, resolved locally regionally and centrally the outcomes is that this category is are no angels or demons they're only simple citizens who whose question whose problems need to be resolved because it ha because the, the their problems are the repercussions and are the cause of other problems political and social and so on and so forth thank you for listening thank you so much professor Munder, for these outcomes and recommendations and uh, i would like to thank all the people who participated in this research and i would like to mention that this uh, uh, search paper is in english and in arabic and will be available on our website وفي هذا الفيديو لنا فيديوهات مختصة في كل ولاية ولكن في هذا الفيديو جمعنا أهم النقاط وأهم الإجابات المهمة التي تأينا أنها مهمة من interviews that we've seen or evaluated as being important and we put them together in video let's see it together in this video uh, this the voice is in Arabic and there is text translation and subtitles in Arabic. So it is a video in Arabic 
and subtitled in English.
enjoyed this video. I would like to speak in Arabic, sorry. I hope that you enjoyed this uh, video. I don't want to say that I'm going to say Tunisia, and as I said before, uh, we filmed those videos in the 24 governor rights in uh, Tunisia in order to get uh, uh, the idea, and it is published in our youtube channel of islam and liberty network you'll find many other videos also but this video in which uh, we get together all uh, the, the uh, important interviews uh, with the uh, street vendors uh, and also there is another phase in uh, this project which is uh, most important and also and after the research paper uh, conducted by uh, Mr. Mandu uh, and the workshops, the on-site workshops uh, that uh, uh, we organized in uh, many areas in uh, Tunisia, like uh, Thmuda in uh, Kasrin, in Sidi uh, Bouzid, Dilla in uh, Gafsa governorate also uh, where we had those uh, workshops and uh, we are we are we had been welcomed by uh, many activists uh, in the presence of uh, many associations and street vendors themselves uh, also uh, we had uh, fruitful training days uh, and mr mondor also he mentioned that in uh, his research and i'm glad also uh, to thank and appreciate uh, uh, Mr. Amel Mazak, uh, representing uh, the Association of Horiyat uh, Ajdil Bina or uh, Liberties for Construction. Uh, 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 
association which helped us uh, to meet uh, the members of uh, the association, which is one of the most important associations in uh, this region. And I would like uh, to ask her uh, to give us uh, uh, her insights in relation to uh, the uh, street vendors in Tunisia. And also, the floor is yours, uh, Ms. Amel. Uh, thanks, Aslim. Uh, uh, first of all, I would like to thank uh, Liberty and Islam Network, uh, headed by Mr. Ali Salman, and also uh, to you and uh, to uh, the technical crew. For his research, because he didn't let for us any gap. Uh, to ask about it uh, as uh, uh, he is uh, uh, very comprehensive uh, and also just uh, would like uh, uh, to clarify who are the street vendors. So the street vendor are a group of young people or of persons who are jobless and they are compelled in this life uh, to uh, find a living and also uh, uh, to be a street vendor uh, uh, despite of the problems and uh, the obstacles that uh, uh, they will find. Uh, 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 they are compelled and forced uh, to be uh, street uh, vendors because this job or this profession, let's say, does not require uh, high capital uh, for them. So with a small capital, with a small amount of money, he can uh, be uh, he can find he can find this job, and also uh, and also uh, due to the uh, high taxation uh, that we have here, he will find himself that he will flee from the burden of uh, high taxation, and also. Uh, uh, this, his social condition led him led him uh, uh, to uh, practice this job, you know, and also uh, to get this job uh, to afford to afford his leading. And what added salt to the blood is uh, the pandemic of COVID nineteen, uh, uh, because uh, we were waiting and our aspirations uh, were. Uh, towards uh, 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 the decentralization and also to looking for the marginalized areas. However, we are going deep and deep in uh, this uh, marginalization and also, uh, uh, you know, that uh, there are also uh, many, there are many problems related to the pollution of the municipal markets uh, and also the mediators and uh, the mediators in uh, uh, the uh, the markets uh, who are trying to collect the taxes, also the tax collectors. You know, there are many problems also related, uh, uh, or many many problems uh, that arose with the tax collectors in the markets. So uh, you know uh, the problems are accumulated, and uh, we have many many other problems in. Uh, uh, relation to the street vendors. So thank you, Mr. Amal. Thank you also to all that uh, we have met in uh, Madilla uh, City. And also would like to thank also Mrs. Widat Fenduli from Sidi Bouzid. would like to thank her for her 
participation and I will give her the floor in order uh, to hear her or to hear uh, uh, her words. Hello everybody and uh, welcome everybody. Uh, the Sweet Vendors is a very interesting uh, uh, topic and I think that Mr. Mother also uh, had said a lot about uh, this topic. Thank you, Mr. Mother. And uh, as you know, uh, uh, the jobless, uh, we have many graduated people who's, who are still jobless and uh, they are compelled by the circumstances in which he is living in order uh, to afford for a living and also to be a street vendor and the, the politicians in our country, uh, uh, they did not pay any attention to build a good system or to build uh, or, or to find a way for them. They are always looking for sterile policies that cannot lead to hiring those people. And also, as you know, Sidi Bouzid, Gafsa and Tasreen are the regions in which there are many natural resources, but there is, there is a lot of uh, unemployment. And let's say that Gafsa is the worst example because we have the phosphate uh, there and uh, the phosphate in Gafsa as a natural resource is not well exploited and is not made in, 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 and also uh, uh, we've just got the cancer from the phosphate uh, but we did not get the employment. And also, Sidi uh, Bouzid also, where there are many newly graduated and also old graduated people, and they are now street vendors. So we cannot blame them. We blame the, the state. We blame the government because the government is not respecting itself, is not respecting uh, the people. And, we, and after the revolution, we did not see anything positive except the clashes between the politicians and also they said uh, that it is an arab spring uh, but uh, we're still waiting for the arab for the arab spring because we did not get the spring yet uh, and also uh, the boazizi lost his right even after his death because the number of the street vendor is doubled twice now after the death of uh, boazizi so they should have uh, legalized the situation and also uh, uh, most of the street vendors uh, uh, they are uh, regarded by the others as thieves and as criminals and also uh, and also uh, so uh, I would like to say that those people most of those people are graduated from the universities but they are victims of uh, the state, the state is destroying those uh, graduated people, those university graduates, and they are, uh, the state is protecting the corruption. The state is protecting the corrupted people, but not serving the youth. So uh, uh, they are trying to compensate and to give compensations for some of uh, the political parties, uh, but they are not thinking about how to compensate for those people or how to give those people their rights. Uh, uh, so we need uh, to give the rights and also the equal rights uh, to uh, the street vendors and also uh, uh, to look to them in another way. <laughs>
uh, you... for uh, their life and uh, starting from today and henceforth sorry uh, i think uh, the connection is not good with, with uh, mrs widad or it's my i don't i think that uh, the uh, uh, centralized governance is one of the most problems but i think we lost the connection you know mrs widad if you can close uh, your camera in order uh, to hear you more clearly you know hello we can hear you yeah but you can go on. You hear me now? So we have uh, to go further and further with uh, the participatory approach uh, and uh, the municipalities uh, uh, should adopt this uh, participatory approach and to cut with centralization in order to give power to the local authorities and also the municipalities uh, in order for those municipalities uh, to boost and to advocate the uh, development and uh, you know the local communities are the solution now and we can rely on those uh, local authorities and local communities but we do not have uh, we do not have any future uh, any uh, future view or we do not have any programs also uh, for the uh, uh, street vendors, if uh, they can think uh, that uh, how can they build stores, uh, for example, uh, or shops uh, uh, for uh, the street vendors uh, in order uh, uh, to get them uh, a job with dignity and also uh, you can uh, you can also uh, get rid of the parallel economy or the illegal economy because uh, those who are smuggling the goods, uh, they wouldn't find a way how to sell it uh, to uh, uh, street vendors. So when you sort out the problem of the street vendors, you can uh, in an indirect way to uh, sort out also the problem of goods smuggling. Uh, but I would like also to uh, shed light on what Mr. Mondo had said during his presentation with a good and very good uh, comprehensive way. Thank you very much. And I appreciate also what Mr. Mondo said, uh, but uh, you have to know that uh, what Mr. Mondo said is the fruit of our meetings with you and also what we heard from you and when we visited you and when we communicated with you. So now we'll move to the Q&A session, question and answers. And I think uh, there are many questions uh, to Mr. Mondor and also uh, to uh, Mrs. Widad and Ms. Amel. Uh, so if, uh, uh, if uh, you want, uh, we can uh, kickstart of uh, the Q&A session uh, and we'll give you the freedom. Who would like to start first in questions? Please, Mr. Tom, uh, Mr. Tom, you can go ahead. Thank you very much, Ali. Um, I put my questions about weights and measures that I put in, you got an answer for. But what the core of that question was that Mohammed Buzazi, Buzazi um, one of the things that really weighed on him 
was the fact that through his religious belief, he needed to be accurate in the, the, the selling of his goods so he doesn't cheat anybody. And that seems to be, enters into an issue of the moral question of people or the authorities being able to seize something that the re, relig, has a religious basis. Could somebody comment on that? You know, has that changed? Have they done something to react to that, to change that sort of, uh, I'll call it criminality on the part of the authorities? I'm not sure I got your question right. Let me just rephrase it and tell me if that's it. If it is, I'll, I'll be happy to engage with it. Thank sorry you. For, sorry for the debate terminology. Well, uh, from what I understood is, are you telling me that there is a moral point behind the act that he did? So he didn't want to cheat and... Uh, he was uh, his weight was confiscated by the authorities because they didn't want him to cheat that's that's it well i i considered the, mm -hmm. the they were confiscated because it was part of harassment of the authorities against the yes. vendor yes. it it yes. you know it wasn't about him cheating or not he mm -hmm. was trying to not cheat and they took away his ability to accurately you know weigh and measure out his goods and i just wondering has anything changed it's, since that seemed to me a core issue that he had uh, and where where he took his own life was because mm -hmm. of that whether anything has changed because of what he did on following his religious convictions. I see. All right. Uh, two points on that. I think the, the first bit is saying that uh, from my knowledge of the, uh, of the event that, is the, that happened and similar other events that happened afterwards, because in the paper there are already mentions of at least three other self-emulations, by street vendors, two of which were lethal. So this is not something that is uh, one time happened. No, it happened afterwards. And I think it's not really about his ability not to cheat. It's rather about dignity because he was not only denied uh, his uh, work, that is. Some say, and I have to say that some say it's a narrative, that he was uh, physically uh, attacked during this event. So that is why he felt that this is a violation of his dignity. And that is why he protested in front of the uh, authorities' headquarters. And that uh, protest led to many others. And obviously because of tribal components, that area has uh, I don't wait. What am I answering in English? Is, is go this ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, because uh, I just just realized that I probably should be answering in Arabic, but That's never mind. Okay, so um, yeah, because of one thing in that area, in that region in general, which is a tribal component, and that tribe is a majority in the region, and each violation or any violation of one member to that tribe is considered a violation to the overall group. That is why when he was protesting in front of the uh, headquarters, 
there were his uh, relatives with him. And because of that, it gained uh, a critical mass, if you want to use uh, the uh, Gramscian term. And it became uh, numerous enough to uh, actually form uh, a protest and a form of pressure. I hope this answers your question. Thank you very much. It helps expand my understanding of that critical situation uh, in the the Arab Spring uprising in Tunisia. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, I've looked at it. I've appreciated what Ali Salman has been doing. Uh, maybe I'll see him again in Grand Rapids here in a couple of years. Or maybe someday I'll be back in Istanbul and be able to see him. So thank you all what you're doing. And uh, I'm pretty passive. Today provided me an opportunity to join in. And I really compliment the work you're doing. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. Great to hear from you. And uh, be happy to see you here, part of our event. Yes, I am also looking forward to see you again in Grand Rapids, hopefully next year or a couple of years. Um, Mr. Tom, uh, thank you for your question. And also, we are welcoming all the other questions from the other participants. And also, he had a question, so uh, the floor is yours, sir. All right, Justine, maybe I wanted to. Uh, and then just first of all, like like building on what uh, Tom was just saying, you know, what has changed, if anything has changed at all in the last uh, 10 years since the Arab Spring. Um, although the political events seem to suggest that uh, the economic policies have not changed uh, and they have not become, um, you know, open and um, in terms of, uh, you know, reforms have been missing. But uh, I would like to request uh, Professor Mondar to uh, shed some light on, uh, you know, um, changes, uh, legal changes, uh, if there are any legal changes or policy changes which have been brought in last uh, 10 years, uh, especially addressing the issue of uh, street vendors, but also because street vendors are part of an economy widely, so they, they can't... Uh, you know, isolate. The, we can't isolate them. Uh, they have to be a part of the overall economy. So, any yeah. any reflections on that uh, from you? Uh, okay. Uh, probably three points on that. Thanks for the question. Now, uh, legally, there were some initiatives to make it more centralized, to give this category some uh, rights, to give them like headquarters, for example, to make sure that they. Uh, do their economic activity in a more protected way, let's say, okay? However, many of those remain just initiatives, that is, remain just texts, because there is a grave issue in terms of decentralization in Tunisia that there are plenty of laws, but the application of this is not very valid because of two reasons, at least. One is that there is a prerogatives issue in that it's not clear who gets to do what, so that uh, the central, regional, and local authorities often fight, and I already mentioned that in the presentation, who is to be responsible because they translate the question as who is to blame. So each of them tries to avoid being part of this to make sure that eventually they are not to blame, 
and to make sure that it's always somebody else's mistake. Now, in terms of practice, uh, there has been some interest by uh, NGOs uh, on the topic, and there was a form of local pressure, and I've, uh, we've seen that already in, in Bouzid and uh, uh, Gafsa, and they managed to reach some form of uh, agreement with the authorities so that the authorities are willing to uh, help in this. But the authorities will tell you that we are willing, but we cannot because we lack the budget and we lack the human resources to do this. So when they, when they want, they can't. And when they don't want, they can't in, in both situations. Well, it sounds a little bit pessimistic, I know, but I would say that there is a little glimmer of hope in the sense that the, the third point of the answer in the, uh, is that there is uh, growing slowly but surely the, the culture, the overall mindset that I have rights and I have the right to defend them. As a result, people are starting to protest more to, to accept the status quo, the oppressive status quo less. And therefore, we have people no longer submitting completely to figures of authority, which is what is happening these days and even uh, in uh, previous years. We have plenty of sit-ins, there are plenty of protests that are uh, basically of a demanding nature. That is, they want something. They're not interested necessarily in a reform in the, entire, uh, in the entirety of the country, but they are interested in a local problem. Say, for example, uh, Lady ML already talked about the the, uh, the issue take, that takes place in Buzid, for, for instance. Okay, what is Buzid? Eventually, is is an agriculture region, right? So, if these agricultural uh, lands are invested on appropriately, they would be very well fertile enough to uh, respond to the needs of not only the region but most of the country as well. But because of corruption, because of nepotism, because of uh, despotism, because of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Monopoly, yes. Because of monopoly, what happens is that people are less willing to invest in the very laborious uh, field of agriculture, and they would go for the easier, between parentheses, field of trade. However, it's not much easier because of the complications that I told you about. So to sum up, yes, there is a beginning of a change, if I can say, but it's very slow because of uh, bureaucratic complications and because of corruption, basically, with the uh, mentioning that uh, the uh, right honorable gentleman asked about uh, the uh, authorities. Right, the, the police authorities especially, we still have plenty of problems with them because, unfortunately, not a few of them, and I'm being nice here, not a few of them are, um, are refusing to respond to the epistemological needs. That is, they are not willing to acknowledge that people have rights, and they are still using this, the same old rhetoric of, uh, of uh, law enforcement, but uh, in, in such an abusive way that gives them too much authority at the expense of the uh, citizens. I hope this answers 
Yeah, perfectly. Very clear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can Thank I ask uh, another question, though? Um, sure, sure, sure. And um, this is actually, I, uh, you know, I, when you were presenting, I was struck by one thing which you said um, mm -hmm. about the enrollments and education. Uh, yeah. When I visited Tunisia a couple of years ago, uh, uh, the team shared with me the history of education, especially during the mm -hmm. You know uh, the rules of two dictators uh, before the Arab Spring. That uh, yes. you know, and during those times, uh, the governments were particularly invested in making sure that the population is educated and literate, and you know, uh, so we have good quality education and and also good quality health care. But what you said uh, in last ten mm -hmm. years, there were like one million children went uh, out of the school. Um, yes, dropouts. Uh, dro you know, drop out of school. So, mm -hmm. so what's happening there, uh, and why? Can you throw some light on that? Okay. Yes, there is. There is a section on the. I think the second uh, part of the paper on this, and it's saying basically four ideas. One. The, uh, the value of education as a value, as a concept, is less and less and less and less because it's not as lucrative or as rewarding as it used to be. Because they can see success examples in society that are not necessarily very highly educated. So they see that the uh, long established link between higher education or good education and uh, social affluence is no longer uh, a valid or is no longer a given. The second bit is that uh, you mentioned rightly talking about big numbers of, uh, of people in loaning. That's a numerical issue. What do we mean by that? Numerical issues in the sense that, yes, we do have plenty of people at schools, but one, the quality of education is not that high. That is why they leave or they stay, but they're not benefiting that much. The third idea is that you have uh, a new trend that is, well, it's not really new, but it became more prominent in the last decade in the sense that, <clears throat> something is muting himself. Okay, uh, so eventually we're having a trend of private education. And this private education is starting to be present in younger ages or younger age categories, which led to further discrimination or further disparity between those who can afford the uh, private education institutions and those who cannot. And therefore, this led to the disparity we're talking about. Plus, we have an issue, which is uh, the, the fourth point of my answer, uh, which is related to the vocational training. Vocational training education, it has two problems in Tunisia. One, the uh, business network is not uh, that high. So it's not guaranteed for somebody who did uh, vocational training to find a job. Plus, there is a social prejudice against this category of education by um, accusing them or uh, believing that they are less achievers than those with the academic education. So people are not very encouraged to go to these fields, although they are less likely to remain unemployed if they do vocational training than they are if they do academic training. So eventually they win, but they are discouraged because of uh, psychological, social, and political considerations. 
So eventually education is unfortunately heading towards the wrong direction. It's trending in, in the uh, direction of numbers over quality and privatization over uh, national, uh, national institutions, I mean, public national institutions. Plus the outcome is not that uh, promising anymore. And I'm here both talking as a researcher in this point and as a teacher uh, at university. I can testify to this in, in both uh, capacities, let's say. So, yeah. I hope that answers. Yes, uh, that, and thank you. Although I, I'm not against the idea of uh, a private sector providing education, but I, but I understand your explanation quite well. Thank you. Yeah, most welcome, most welcome. I'm not against it either, but I'm just saying that because of the economic crisis, less and less people are... Uh, are able to afford it and especially because of the low quality in the public sector many and many, uh, more and more people are forced to do it even though they don't really afford it in the usual situations they would resort to it as a last option to save their children which adds to the problem instead of just solving it thank you so much for this question with this exceptional question and the exceptional answer. And let's move to the next question from um, Madel Amel Meza. The, the lady who was working as a, as, a, as a street vendor in Sfax governorate, when we've seen it and we've had questions to uh, the street vendors, how do you see the future of this profession, especially that women entered the sector with all her uh, problems and so forth? So on and forth. The future of the profession. Yes, I have a double-sided answer to this question. Now we speak about uh, a challenge, future challenge. I see it going. The benefit that's coming, economic benefit, in terms of economic benefit, is it's 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 getting backwards, and in terms of the numbers of people who resort to it, it's rising. So the solution, the, because solutions in uh, are less and less available because the people are getting more unemployed and the public sector as well as the uh, private sector are unable to recruit because of the economic situation. So the um, traditional traditional economy is is in danger. But at the same framework, we speak about uh, a, another issue that this profession is suffering from in relation to uh, to the different uh, understanding or the different angles that it leads to uh, to uh, social phenomena, uh, including uh, women and children as well. We've seen children as well conducting this business, and they tell you. If you ask them, what are you doing? They would say, we are supporting our families. So they're not doing it in tourism and they're not doing it out of uh, joy. They're doing it because they have to. It's necessity. The necessity side of this issue is very important. So the fact that you see women or women entering this sector, it is because they have to. And I see this uh, getting higher and higher in numbers. And uh, it is 
the representation of, uh, of the worker, the workforce in Tunisia, because women uh, so, uh, in the, uh, is looking, woman is looking for, uh, for uh, social stability and economic stability, and it's a solution for her uh, as to be as an entrepreneur, in uh, in meaning that they try to have their own business, a small business, or they have to be part of this sector and a parallel sector. I hope that I answered your question. Yes, thank you so much. I'm going to move to the next question. Uh, we dad wants to ask a question. Please go ahead. Mrs. Vidad. Let's go back to her uh, later because earlier she's asked me to ask a question. Do we have any other question from the participants? How can we change uh, the way the people see, they look at this sector? Uh, in uh, does it include in private initiatives that uh, that there are uh, regulations to organize this sector do we speak about uh, about uh, creativity or creativity as of a street vendor creativity of a street vendor i, uh, I have an issue with this question so the logic of entrepreneurship or the creativity it is a novelty as an idea because it it goes beyond the traditional economic lines as uh, as an individual at the individual level and it goes hand in hand with uh, with the point of the question but i think that the part that is missing here is is the general uh, is the legal framework as we said before we're still suffering from uh, lack of laws and legislations. Uh, when we say uh, the way we look at this category, who are these categories? Who are the people in, included in this category? What are their rights and what are their duties? How can we, how they, can they or we defend their rights? As far as the organization or regulation side, uh, we need a body that represents them and speaks of their issues in a united way. For example, why not uh, we could have an organization, an association or a union that speaks in their name, a labor union, let's say, that speaks uh, their issues and voices their demands. Because we've seen that every group, every group geographically, geographically speaking, spoke about their own problems. There is no coordination at the national level and this weakens their voice in general. So I see that they uh, they should be, or the change has to start with the laws, also to appease the, the measures and bureaucracy, and then to unite or unify the lines of discourse. And I would add the idea of uh, media, and I said this before uh, during my presentation, that they either they are uh, the, the the gist of a of a of a joke or uh, the gist of a of 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 a talk, which makes them even more 
a, a vulnerable category that is further marginalized as in media because media speaks about them in such a comic way, an irresponsible way. So that needs to be changed as far as the media image or the image that media is marketing for these people and they're uh, because the way they see it is very important as far as their rights and so on and so forth what is the next step in this after this work what is the plan after this work and this question was by mrs widad fanduri uh, most importantly uh, the next step is to share to publish uh, the search uh, conducted by Mr. Monder, Professor Monder, it's going to be in Arabic and uh, in English. So it's going to be published in our website. And then uh, there are uh, that are there are booklets uh, that we have public printed out our this paper on. We could the different regions uh, and associations could have a version, could have a copy. We're also thinking to have that to have it distributed to the governmental institutions, uh, let's say the ministries that are uh, directly working on this topic. Also, the coordination is still ongoing and the project is with this step, with this phase, we finished the late, the last uh, link in this change, but we can start again in time and terms of another project, of course. Mr. Monder, if you wanted to add something in this regard, go ahead. The next plan should be with an activity, with a local activity, perhaps a type of coordination between the between the authorities uh, that are inside on, on the ground and uh, the, the all the intervening intervening parties that could be a pressure point on the the people in office because we've heard a lot of, a lot speaking about the inability or incapability of dealing with their problem so it is it would be very good to have this such uh, discussions and dialogue with the local authorities so it should not just the with the the representatives of this uh, of this social category or economic category but we also could have representation from the government from the representatives of the local government uh, we had a representative of the local authority and we called for uh, for a dialogue throughout the regions not just one region thank you there is a last question i think it's a thought not not really a question it's uh, this speaker says uh, creativity in everywhere uh, for for the uh, for the street vendor uh, because it needs uh, it it's it needs capacities and skills that are uh, that are needed and unfortunately our tra training and uh, educational institutions do not provide yes exactly we agree methodologically with this because uh, the problems uh, of this sector do not uh, do not stop at the level of uh, of the local le at the local level it's uh, whether at uh, the political level social level security level they're all components of this cri crisis so in order to 
in terms of my recommendations, I said that we should have a methodology, a participatory approach or methodology that can we include this activity or this work or this activity in the interests of the laws of the Startup Act, for example. I'm not really, uh, I don't really know much about this on the, on, on how, and how uh, practicable or how implementable this act is, but theoretically it could be uh, possible legally to have it included in within the Startup Act, but this needs, uh, needs pressure uh because there should be political there should be a, a level at the work at the level of the civil society at the activist level it needs support by the decision makers that is not this kind of support is not there but we need to gradually gain this support through media through associations through ngos thank you i'm going to give the floor to uh, Mr. Ali Salman to say a couple of ideas before we end up. But uh, I myself have a question to you all. You know that we've planned for this uh, forum or this webinar for a year now, and the general situation in the country was not as we've seen before for a week now. When we thought about re-evaluation of the Arab Spring for after 10 years of the revolution, and we wanted to go back to the sparkle with which the Arab Spring started, which is Al-Bazizi, and we wanted to shed the light on the street vendors, and we, uh, we wanted to ask about their situation after 10 years. We've seen a lot of uh, reproaches, and uh, but after what happened in the 25th of July, some considered that uh, as a coup, coup d'etat and some would call it as a track correction measure do we consider the situation that the situation of the street vendors was not even a priority before is it do we think that is going to be an does it is it going to be a priority or our priorities going to be changed or are our prior, all our priorities scattered and uh, in this situation, political situation, and it could even threaten the the essence of uh, of uh, the the uh, revolution and the freedom of expression, political parties, and so on and so forth. Regardless of the crisis of of how we name uh, this or explain the situation or evaluate it the social law social contract says that if every change the bill is paid by the most vulnerable categories categories logically these guys are not going to benefit from this change and they're not capable of pretending protecting themselves out of the impact that is going to it uh, to be uh, bestowed on them so in order to get that we get there we need to protect them legally in particular it's uh, for certain that uh, street vendors uh, and commercial commercial activities in general they are not really the uh, the 
they are the the ones who are going to take part in di important dialogues for example they're not this focal point of media or the public institutions uh, and the institutions with the dialogue especially in uh, in COVID, corona the conversation or the discussion is on on the on the categories that are not working in offices or in legal uh, or uh, educational institutions or administrations these workers uh, or these vendors they do not have a fixed or stable income or a salary the category that these people are included in the or the people included in this category include the street vendors the precarious workers and they are the ones who are looking at the situation from a different angle from the angle of the people who are victims of this or uh, because they are unable to put food on their table they are unable to satisfy their needs because they are they are confined in their homes and they are not in a situation or an economic situation that is stable their purchase power is really deteriorated and this goes back to the uh, to the corruption that was mentioned by uh, mrs widad and so on and so forth and this leads to the fact that the entire categorization uh, category uh, from people who with vulnerable or uh, with uh, uh, with low income they find themselves in a very low situation economic psychological social and this goes back to the to the situation uh, and on the ground on reality because it, it does impact them exceptionally because uh, they are what happens to them leads them to be able to get uh, that the very various means do not get available to them they find themselves locked down in a in a closed circle of void of uh, 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 of uh, marginalization if there is great change in this situation unless there's great change in the situation their situation is going it's not going to change in reality their situation is going to be the same now i'm going to give the floor to mr ali salman to give his input or ideas before we conclude thank you so much uh, uh, everyone uh, professor mundar and uh, amal and uh, vidid and of course tasneem um, uh, and also thank you of to for to the interpreters who have done a great job in, in making sure that those who were not uh, able to understand arabic uh, can understand the text and the discussion very clearly uh, i believe i have not missed anything um, i'd like to I share a general thought, and uh, you know, by way of some concluding um, remarks, perhaps, and that I'd like to um, build on something which uh, Vidit said. I think in her uh, remark, uh, in her remarks, that was uh, uh, she said. She she said that the, the she was mentioning about natural resources, and she said the phosphate, uh, which could not be exploited. Uh, caused cancer, but it could not be converted, uh, exploited for job creation. Uh, and I think that is extremely important observation. Um, and that makes me think that, uh, in, you know, sitting from 
course, looking from outside, it is possible that not enough discussion has happened on the bigger economic reforms. Uh, of course, street vendor is, is part of the economy. And in a growing economy, in a developed economy, you want to see less of them. You don't want to see everyone turning into street vendors' uh, jobs because this is not first preference job for the people. People resort to street vendors because the economy is not producing high quality, well-being jobs. We saw the video, graduates are turning to street vending. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the hard work, uh, doing hard work as such, but then uh, people are forced to uh, do the, the jobs and when the state is not cooperative enough and there is no legal framework for them, then obviously we are asking for uh, you know, bigger social uh, problems, which seem to be we seem to have an increase other than decrease over the last ten years. And uh, uh, so, I think there there has to be a discussion about uh, um, a paradigm shift, complete change in the economic direction, economic policy direction of the country. So, for instance, uh, we talk about natural resources. Um, you know, many countries uh, tend to believe that. Um, um, you know, government control is the best answer to manage the natural resources, and even some countries have nationalized the natural resources. Well, the ownership is one question, but you have to have involvement of private sector investors and give them incentives to operate so that you know you could create wealth from these resources. You can have well-being jo jobs from these economic activities. You can have, uh, uh, you know, uh, rather than having very uh, sort of uh, labor intensive government, you can move to more um, modern government, which depends on the technology, let's say. Uh, government should not be looked at as the uh, job creation agency in, in, a, in a country. In an advanced economy, uh, it is the private sector. Uh, which is the job creation uh, center or vehicle of the job uh, for you know for, for for graduates and for for job seekers, and if it is not the case, and if people still look to the to to the government, if people look more um, in terms people think more in terms of economic uh, rights as um, as in the case of labor unions, then I think then. Uh, there has to be a very radical discussion about the, the economic policy. Um, lesser role of the government in the business, uh, more open trade, more private sector involvement. These are the general trends which I can only mention. But I think this is where the world has um, experienced uh, that it, it is generally beneficial for uh, not only businesses, but also for the people at large, because ultimately, uh, the economic developments uh, should lead to improvement of living standards. That is the that should be the goal of the uh, you know uh, economic policy. It's not about just few people, and I think that is where perhaps we need to all need to do more work and point to um, what changes in the policies are required, and then create an atmosphere and cre and and, and uh, create an intellectual environment where these ideas can be clearly uh, presented, first of all, and then uh, also debated um, both in the media, but also with the political class. Um, that is perhaps uh, something which we should be doing in the future. And I hope that uh, we can have all, all of you as part of that journey in, in the future.
Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Ali Salman. I think that we've reached the end of this. شكراً الأستاذ منذر على بحثه الممتاز وشكراً على تدخلاتكم سيدة أمل والسيدة وداد وشكراً أيضاً لكل من طرح سؤالاً Everyone who asked the question, valuable question Special thanks to the interpreters who spent with us over two hours and a half and 50 minutes in translating this, interpreting this meeting I would like to, to remind you that all the documentation of this project, uh, the project of uh, revisiting or evaluating the Arab Spring and looking at the Bozisis and the street vendors in Tunisia, all the content is going to be available on our website, islamandliberty.org. And we encourage you to uh, look at it, to take a look at it on the website, to see the videos, to see all the content and the documents and researches. In the, at the end of the day, they are academic researches, and we promise you that we're going to carry on our academic reports and the researches regarding uh, economic, uh, political, religious uh, uh, affairs. And this is what we do in our, uh, in our uh, uh, Islam and Liberty. And we also thank uh, Atlas Network for supporting this project and also FNF organization that support this project as well as in uh, financially. I would like to thank you all I will see you soon in further opportunities, inshallah. Thank you. Thank you, Tasneem.